Alleluia, Christ has risen. A priest was standing on the side of a road, holding a sign that said, the end is near, turn around before it's too late. A man drove up to the priest in his car, rolled down his window and said, leave us alone, you religious nut. He rolled the window back up and drove off in anger. The priest thought to himself, I knew my sign should have just said, bridge out. Maybe it's kind of a blessing that I can't see you all shaking your head at me. But today, we're on the road. Jim Frost, Forrest, in his book, The Road to Emmaus, Pilgrimage as a Way of Life, said that roads are the circulatory system of the human race and that they are the original information highway. So before the written word, roads have linked us from house to house, from town to town and city to city. Without roads, there are no communities. Roads not only connect towns, but gives birth to them. They pass through all borders, checkpoints and barriers, connecting not only friend to friend, but foe to foe. Far older than passports, the road is an invitation to cross frontiers, to start a dialogue, to end hate. Each road gives witness to the need we have to be in touch with one another. We have such a road today in our gospel lesson, the road to Emmaus. Two people, not well-known disciples, but disciples nonetheless, are walking to Emmaus and discussing the recent crucifixion of Jesus. We know one of the disciples was Cleophas and the other, his traveling companion. They are struggling to reconcile the events they witnessed with the identity of the one they believed to be the chosen one of God, the Messiah. They saw answers some way to reconcile the death of their beloved Messiah. They knew what they saw, what they experienced, but they couldn't come to terms in their minds regarding their own presumptions regarding the Messiah. They exchanged meaningful, impassioned words, but until, unbeknownst to them, Jesus himself walked with them, their exchange only amounted to more confusion and despair, especially it seems when they had to explain those painful events to a stranger, an unannounced eavesdropper. There seems to be a bit of irony in their desperate search for truth until truth himself walked with them. There is something precious in the picture of Jesus walking with us in our darkest hour. Jesus, the word, opening scriptures to explain it to all, beginning with Moses, to the prophets, to the Psalms. We find him, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We are assured that if we seek him throughout his word, the Lord God will be found by us. What the natural eye cannot see, the Spirit will surely reveal. And what they could not see, that the Messiah must suffer and die before he could enter into his glory. 
the Psalms tells us that one may experience sorrow during the night, but joy arrives in the morning. These two downcast disciples needed to see and live that truth. Through their pain, they could not see that Jesus' suffering would translate into their eternal joy. Maybe God had prevented them from recognizing Jesus so they would have an opportunity to see with real clarity. They needed to understand by way of his recounting of scriptures concerning himself. Had he immediately revealed himself to them, it would have been obvious that he had indeed risen. However, it might have been imperative that they first see with their hearts and their minds before recognizing him with their natural eyes. Jesus desires for us to share him with others through his word first. That is what they needed to see first. They needed to see Jesus the Messiah foretold throughout the scriptures. It is only after this knowledge that they and that we can move into the act of hospitality. Speaking biblically, hospitality is treating strangers and friends alike. It is welcoming one another into our homes and lives. Hospitality is our sacred duty. The disciples offered hospitality by asking the stranger to come and have a meal with them. Only then, in the blessing and the breaking of the bread, did they see that it was Jesus in their midst. Knowledge and hospitality should be a part of our everyday experiences. Let us respect knowledge we can gain from the scriptures, but let us remember that perhaps it is only when we go the extra step and do the equivalent of inviting the stranger in that we are going to have a chance of recognizing something more in the encounter. The real meeting is the one with Jesus seen in another. These last several weeks, the youth group has been meeting through Zoom. Part of our meeting is to check in with each other and to take a pulse of the group. One of the questions that I opened up for discussion was to ask them, what do you miss about church? Now, I was a little surprised by the answer I got. They said it was the pita bread. You see, we share pita bread and hummus during our meetings. So yes, pita bread was what they missed. Now, that certainly got my attention. I needed some clarification. So I asked them, you mean it's not the music? Sorry, Father Bill. The sacraments? The being of service at the altar? Nope, it was the pita bread. So now I'm really intrigued. I know there's more to this than that. I ventured deeper into the discussion for my understanding. When we move further into the conversation, what I determined is that what they meant was that they missed the sharing of the bread and thereby the sharing of community. It is during that sharing of the pita bread that we check in with each other. We share the good things that are going on in our lives. And we share the bad things, the low points in our lives. It's a time for each of us to support the other. 
The bread is a tangible aspect of a deeper and profound sharing of support and love that we have for each other. It was only after understanding the deeper meaning of seeing with my heart and not my eyes that I understood that Jesus stands in the midst of this hospitality. In the gospel, Luke is pointing to the crucial difference between sight and understanding, between seeing Jesus and grasping his identity. Coming to know Jesus is a rich theme in Luke. But what if our eyes were kept from recognizing him? Some people need to see by way of proof and evidence. I thank God for divinely preventing those two downcast disciples from immediately seeing or recognizing Jesus, as it brought about a strengthening of their faith and a transformation from sorrow to overwhelming joy. We, like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, have sorrows, confusion, disillusionments, and despair. We are living in a time of shelter in place to combat the coronavirus. What do you see during this time of shelter in place? Do you see it as a time of restraint or a time of opportunity? Do we mourn the fast-paced life where we had little time for reflection, prayer, and conversation? Or do we delight in the liberating gift of time? Time with God, family, even time in self-reflection. Might we take this opportunity to share in the hospitality of reaching out to other partners, our spouses, our children, those we love? Might we see this as an opportunity to bring prayer, reflection, and time spent with God more fully into our households? Might God be gracing us with a very precious gift? If we look to the gospel lesson today for guidance, are we open to God working through this virus? Is there an opportunity for us to look at this time in our lives in an unrecognizable way? How might we navigate the road unto which a renewal of our spirit is granted? Might it be viewed through the traditions of the Sabbath? Sabbath comes from the word Shabbat, which essentially means a day of rest. It is the fourth of the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What if we view this portion of the road of our journey as a time to focus on knowledge and hospitality, time with our scripture, and reaching out and sharing with others, reaching out to others by phone, email, text, or even a letter, a time to renew connections with others and make new ones. Can you think of a relationship that has fallen away? Might this be a time, especially during this time, to salvage it? I invite all of us over these next several weeks to reach out to others through hospitality of words, a sharing of support and love you have for each other. This has been sitting on my heart for the last several weeks. In sharing it with my spiritual director, she shared with me a poem that I would like to share with you. It is a poem by Lynn Ungar called 
pandemic. What if you thought of it as the Jews considered the Sabbath, the most sacred of times, cease from travel, cease from buying and selling, give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down and know when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, as long as we all shall live. Jesus is standing on the side of the road, holding a sign that says, Come and know me deeper through words of scripture. Come and know yourself, your spouse, partner, children, those who are sequestered in a deeper way. Won't you come? May you see this part of the road, this part of sheltering in place, as a gift from God, a gift of Holy Sabbath. Amen.